0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Everybody Counts podcast. It's another special episode this evening. We are devoting this episode to Sergeant John Mankiewicz and we're going to celebrate him by talking about him, by reviewing some of the scenes that have been so impactful that he was in, and probably some trivia at the end. So we're just going to talk all about Mank tonight. But before we get started with all of that fun, I wanted to pass along some news items to you. Keep everybody updated if you hadn't seen. Our friend Jack has told us about a petition that he has going at change.org for petitioning for Bosch to continue. So you can, you're can, you welcome to go out there and then sign that. So you can just go to change.org slash Bosch petition. So I think it'd be pretty easy to find. So we wanted to pass that along to you. And then you may have seen that Amy Aquino is doing her annual fundraiser for research to end Alzheimer's. And you can go out to act.als.org. So act.act.alz.org. And you can put her name in you can even just put a Quino and it'll find her. There's actually more than one Aquino there. So, you know, look for Amy's. Um, if you're interested in donating, that's, you know, obviously totally up to you. But she makes jam every year from the blackberries in her own garden. And she offers that jam for people at a certain level. And there's even a drawing for jam, uh, like a raffle at, at a lower level. So you never know, but you'll always be helping a great cause. The other thing I wanted to mention, I you guys might... Have an idea on this, my fellow panelists here. I remembered that last year at this time, I knew it was right around Amy's fundraiser and lost City of Los Angeles named June 21st Michael Conley Day. Do any of you all remember that? I do
1: remember that.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cool. So I assumed that he would it would forever be June 21st for his day. I don't know how that stuff works. <laughs> so, but in the event that it is an annual thing i think we should just put a shout out to the man himself michael conley mm-hmm. that uh he's got a day coming up june 21st michael conley day so and if you hadn't heard about that before uh go search for it there's some nice pictures of that celebration out there so i think that's about it we can get started with our fun uh there's uh, five of us again tonight we have mike back sister teacher kelly and ann So they have generously volunteered to participate in this panel as well. It's going to be quite a celebration. We're going to have a lot of fun. The first thing we did is identify a word, a different word, each of us that describes Mank And he's obviously multifaceted. So there are many words to describe him. So I'll start off um, some, well, I'll just start off. I'll leave it at that. My word is congenial. And I know that just sounds like I used a fluffy word, but I was like, he's nice. He's funny. he's he's talks well with people. And I just thought congenial kind of combined a lot of that so we just see a lot of him in the show being comfortable talking to people being friendly so i went with congenial so how about you Anne? which word did you go with
1: my word was wise okay good one Um, and i think that he he has obviously a lot of street smart from doing this job and he he just knows he knows his people he knows Mm -hmm. when to push he knows when to pull back he knows what things are important and what things aren't and and overall He's got this sort of, it's like a well-oiled machine Mm -hmm. and it has to run well and you can't, you can't have a well-oiled machine if people are bickering with each other and they have these petty political things going on. So he's very, he's very wise about, you know, what, what to do and who to to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of,
0: lots of wisdom.
1: Mm -hmm. To kind of make that all happen. So yeah.
2: That's a great word to describe him. How about you, Mike? The word I came up with him was supportive. Sure. Uh, he's always looking out for everyone at the station, even if mm-hmm. they're above his pay grade. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, know, I know him and Billets talk quite frequently. He's willing to give an ear and listen to uh, an issue or some demon they might be f- fighting with.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a great word. How about you, Sister Teacher?
3: So my word for describing mink is discreet. I think in his position as being a death sergeant and the watch commanders, I, I think he's privy to a lot of information that a lot of people wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And he's one not to gossip or, you know, share the information kind yeah. of going on. And I think that's very important to have to be discreet in that position.
0: Yeah, that's another great one. All right, Kelly, what's your word for Mank?
4: Uh, my word for Mank is per he's perceptive, and that is, I think you're going to see that unfold in the discussions we have tonight of our favorite scenes of Mank, mm-hmm. but he seems to be able to assess the situation that he's involved in, and he perceives what's going on, or what's not being said, or what the feelings of whoever he's talking to, he perceives. Mm-hmm that and addresses the situation.
0: Awesome. That's another great description. And so we've got all these great words to describe, and we're going to talk about some of the scenes, have some trivia. But at the end, we also have an interview with Scott Clace, who plays Sergeant John Mankiewicz, known as Mank. So you have that to look forward to as well. I'm going to go back to my word congenial, and not all of our scenes match up with their words, but just sort of in that vein, some of the things I looked at while we were sort of researching mank this week i was reminded that he always has a say in the coffee he has very strong opinions about the coffee in the Mm -hmm. break room um he even has his own secret stash Mm -hmm. so but he's he's about the caffeine and making sure people have it but sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just for the caffeine because the coffee is no good and when we find out about that special stash he's talking with joe edgar J. Edgar's starting to get a, a cup of what's in the Keurig machine, and he's, like, stopped and, like, no way, you know, like, he's rescuing him from this terrible coffee, <laughs> and he refers to it as, um, tastes like it's been fashioned from pencil shavings, so that does sound pretty nasty, and he shows him where the special stash is and, you know, makes him promise, you know, to keep that on the down low, and he even says, um, he says that the secret stash will really, you know, do the trick, and that even your bowels will thank you later. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's pretty funny. But there is also that scene we saw in season six with Sylvia Reese, agent Sylvia Reese. Um, she's, she's, She's waiting to meet with Harry. He called her into the station and she's like, Mank is just sort of standing there in the break room. And she's like, You don't have to babysit me. And he's like, Oh, no, no, I'm not babysitting you. And he talks about the coffee that's in the break room. And he says, He asked her if she wants some. And he says, It's tasteless, but an efficient caffeine delivery system. So you know, he offers her some and she passes. I, I think with that description, I would pass as well. But, you know, we see him looking out for Harry. I'm heading out. I'm sending a boot out to get coffee. Do you need some? That, that goes back to mm-hmm. some of that care that he has for people. And the other, uh, just sort of fun thing that sticks out to me about Mank is whenever we see him outside of the station, he's wearing a fun shirt. We have seen him throughout the seasons wearing Hawaiian shirts most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I have, you know, went through several scenes, even back from earlier season, so just just make note of that you know if you haven't thought about that before when he's outside the station he's usually wearing a Hawaiian shirt for instance at the Thanksgiving celebration at uh, Grace's house you know he has on the Hawaiian shirt and but at Beryl's retirement party I thought he would have a Hawaiian shirt too but he had a bowling shirt still kind of fun kind of fun fashion but I you know I just assumed it was always Hawaiian but I checked back and that was actually a, a bowling shirt so just some of the fun, lighter things about Mank that um, I just wanted to sort of recall and celebrate that just make him a fun guy. So I think Sister Teacher is going to share some scenes with us next oh. that she likes.
3: So the first thing that I'm going to share is from season one. I think it may be episode 10. Okay. Um, when Harry was having a verbal Interaction with Captain Pounce and I uh-huh. found Captain Pounce was being provocative. Yes, because Harry, Harry asked him three times to move, mm-hmm. and he said, "Excuse me, you know, get out my, not get out my face. I forgot something. Get out my grid,
0: square. grid square. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: That's it. <laughs> that's right, he touched him. <laughs> yeah, and Harry threw him through the window
0: mm-hmm.
3: of that office that man cast is sitting. Yeah, <laughs> Mank just said. Harry, gosh, like, like, you didn't have to do it like that. Like he expected Harry, you know, the kind of respond, but not like that. Yeah. And we know that Harry does trust him because when he had to go be represented by the union, uh-huh, with his representative. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As his representative. And that's, that's a good point. And so that And that's where I say more. You know about his discretion right because if harry trusts him it has to be something good but he's one character i think i said that i will always like i would like to be man um. yeah
0: yeah yeah not a bad choice for sure you so know the that, scene that, that the scene that you brought up also reminded me of Anne's word wise because also in that scene when Pounds is clearly pushing the boundaries, Mank just sits there and shakes his head <laughs> like no don't don't go there, Harry. You know, like it's a warning. You <laughs> know, I know
1: you want to, but yeah, like be so
0: careful, it. don't do it. So that that brought that to mind for me as well.
3: Yeah, so that that was the first thing. I'm I'm just thinking where you just you know besides the regular work that he does.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: and i mean and he didn't like really i mean he said something to harry but not screamed at him because he could have got very much hurt from that shattered sure yeah what what could have happened right right so but that's one yes okay
0: did you want to go ahead and share your second one or do you want to come back around
3: i can share the second one okay Okay. the, 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 the second one is from season three i think it may be around episode six i get I'm trying to think, because <laughs> it was when um, Jerry got shot.
1: Oh, yes.
3: Yeah, after Jerry got shot, and Jerry called the station. hmm And it was like, you know, Mank answered the phone. He, you know, he thought it was like a regular call-in. And then sure. he heard him, I've been shot. Like, he put it on speaker, looking for his address. Mm-hmm. Going to work and, and and like dispatch. Like I was so happy to see all those officers go out there, like oh, know, yeah. one of our men, you know, yeah. and, and save Jerry. But I think he handled that and was very responsive and mm-hmm.
0: also
3: um, allowed others to hear, you know, what was going on. So yeah, that's smart. Yeah, to get them somewhere to go do this and go do that. They report mm-hmm. firsthand, like he didn't have to take the time that I need to tell you what happened or mm-hmm. what he said. They can say I heard him say it. You know, mm-hmm. so I think in an emergency situation like that, he, he handled that well, too. Yeah, he shifted. Responding, responding to that. Yeah,
0: he shifted gears really quickly right into that crisis command mode of what did he need to do to, mm-hmm. to help take care of him. And yeah, that that was impressive. And it, it comforted me that, uh, I mean, it was a horrible scene. And I was so worried about Jerry. But mm-hmm. I was, I was comforted that Mank was taking charge, you know, and going to, Get everybody where they needed to be that was of some comfort to me so
3: yeah jerry was help was on the way
0: yes yes mike made sure of that so that de- definitely a, a one that we should should talk about so all right how about you mike did you want to share one or two of yours
2: i'll share my first one that okay I, had. I have two scenes from season six even though there's, throughout the whole series there's always a good manx and yeah go to, but to go with my word supportive The first thing I want to talk about was where he he stops by Lieutenant Billet's office, you know, letting her know he's heading out unless she needs anything. She just kind of goes, well, see you tomorrow. You can kind of sense that something's up and ask her if she's okay, which responds, I'm just tired. And then he straight out asks her, Cooper, you know, sighs, he grabs a chair across the office. He's like, what's his beef with you, you know? So he's like always lending an ear, you know. To yeah, for sure. Police officers, and he even has time for the lieutenant, you know. And you mm-hmm. can just tell that she's mentally exhausted from the issue or issues that Captain Cooper has. And so he offers offers to buy her a drink, which she goes, "I might need a couple." You know?
0: Yeah, two. Yeah, at least two. <laughs>
2: and it's a That's really funny. quick scene. I even timed it because I, I was watching it through last night. It's only fifty three <laughs> seconds long. Okay. That, that, short time frame that short window you can see you know he's willing to listen and you know Mm -hmm. throwing his couple cents too it's like well captain cooper got his hand slapped pretty hard you know if i remember correctly (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, that's great that That, scene and one of the ones I I do appreciate of his
0: okay we'll come back around maybe for your second one it's interesting that that you brought up that scene because it was very supportive and I think that was your word was supportive and so definitely showed that but also the way you described it it sort of it definitely pulled in that word from Kelly about him being perceptive he knew even though she was saying you know oh okay fine good night you know head out soon (laughs) he knew he he was perceptive and he knows people really well so that came into play there as well so speaking of Kelly do you want to tell us one or one of yours yes
4: um, my my first one is season one the pilot mm-hmm. and the thing I really liked about this particular scene is it kind of shows you it introduces you to the relationship between Harry and Mank, mm-hmm. and it shows how clever and witty they are among, yeah. amongst each other as mm-hmm. they're interacting and how good their relationship is. So it starts out with, you know, man calling Harry and he answers hi, or he answers mm-hmm. Bosh typically. And mm-hmm. he says, how's it going up there, Harry? And Harry's just closing out on the suicide of Linda Foster.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And and Harry indicates to him that we're, you know, we're closing up this situation up here and, and they have a little chit chat. And he says, well, he's, and Harry says, what's up? And he says, well, he says, we've got a citizen Up in the hills, and his dog went for a romp, and he comes back with a bone. Mm -hmm. And Harry typically says, "Oh no, not a bone run! (laughs) We have bone runs all the time." Yeah, and he says, "You know," he says, "Harry, before you start jumping all over me," he says, "Uh, "The guy says it's a humorous Harry," and (laughs) and Harry says, "Well, it is until it isn't. You know, like they (laughs) turn out the same." And he says, "Well, yeah, I agree. Ninety-nine uh, out of a hundred times, it's you know, it's a cow, or a deer, or a coyote." But he says, "This this one's a humorous And he says, "And the guy the the guy that owns the dog, he's a physician, and mm-hmm. he is a chiropractor, which is you know, <laughs> cracking." no and there's expletives obviously in this discussion. <laughs> and he says no he's an md and he says you know he says it's a humorous it's an upper arm bone and he says he pauses and he says and i was wondering harry if you would humor us and go up and see the yeah. Humorous. <laughs> yeah. and there's this dead silence and Bosch doesn't say anything says, oh come on harry he says that was freaking funny <laughs> harry, says yeah hilarious okay give yeah. me the address
0: right right That's yeah. a good one yeah that was a really great introduction yeah. to Mank you know you got a lot about his personality from that exactly call. yeah very yeah. cool all right do you want to do another one or we want to rotate over to Ann
4: I I can certainly do my other one my other okay. one jumps to season five mm-hmm. episode three, and this is a scene where Mank is in the office with powers Okay. And recall Powers was, he was one of the policemen that was on the scene. They were all uh, going to the scene where the pharmacist had been murdered mm-hmm. uh, and they were selling opioids. And so Crate and Barrel are are, pursuit, are trying to arrive on the scene and Powers and his, I forgot the name of his. Edgewood. I think, I I think, think Edgewood was with yeah. him.
1: Yeah, Edgewood.
4: And they end up colliding right Mm -hmm. In the intersection near the pharmacy. So Powers vehicle T-bones, crate and barrels. So in the end result, Billitz is forced to take disciplinary action against, you know, the recklessness of this accident that kind of took them all away from the actual uh, murder scene where they were in pursuit of the, the, the gentleman, that, or I shouldn't call him gentleman, but the, the, <laughs> the guys that um, killed the pharmacist. And so as a result of that, Powers has been assigned to desk duty. Yeah. So this is where I see Mank being very perceptive. So he's he's whining to Mank about having to do desk duty. And he says, you know, Creighton and Barrel really should be here. He says, I should be out on the street, you know, uh, banging heads and keeping the peace. And Mank's looks at him with this look, and he says, Would you mm-hmm. j- just please quit talking? And <laughs> please mm-hmm. just shoot me. And he says, Well, don't tempt me. <laughs> that time, Vega shows up, and she's yeah. arriving new on duty for her new assignment as a partner with Pierce. And you know, they're very cordial and they introduce, you know, they uh acknowledge Vega and Mank being the gentleman that he is, he offers to show her to where her desk is, and she says, mm-hmm. Don't bother, I already know where it is. And then Powers is like, uh, he's kind of a bit taken by Vega, uh, (laughs) how attractive she is, especially walk. And he's watching her, and he describes her as a Cadillac walk. Uh-huh. And, and then they start talking, and Powers indicates to uh, Mank that, you know, obviously she's got some privilege here that she was able to take on, you know, that position. And Mank says to him, Well, it depends on who you know. And Powers says, or who wants to know you. And this is where Mank's perception comes in. He mm-hmm. steps in, he says, What are you insinuating here, Powers? And he says, Well, she might be LTs, meaning billets new x well that didn't sit well with me no Mm -hmm. he likes billet he respects billets he has Mm -hmm. and i think he was take he was a bit offended by that comment Mm -hmm. sure and he says he looks at him and he says clearly the online sensitivity training basically Mm -hmm. that you've taken has is not working for you right and 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 i i got a chuckle out of that so anyway he immediately grabs this three ring binder and he <laughs> hands it to powers and he says here's something to keep your mind occupied so your mouth stays shut <laughs> so your mouth stays <laughs> shut yeah
0: that's a good one the, that's a good one the
4: last scene the last scene you it shows powers face and he clearly indicates okay i really blew it here yeah yeah he knows <laughs> I'm gonna pay big time for that comment so that's, that's the end of that scene yeah.
0: but it's interesting how that scene you know we we laugh at a lot of you know the, the cracks and things he made but in a sense he was mentoring him too he was doing he was. it you have to do it differently with different people so it sounded a little harsher or crass maybe with powers but he like you were talking about the respect he has for billets I mean I think he respects everyone and he's like this is yeah. just not what you do so let me tell you buddy I've been here a long time time you don't do that you know sensitivity exactly. training you know the the rules and procedures are important so it, it's funny even in the midst of one way we might look at that scene he was still being that you know supportive person
1: well yeah because i feel like the powers and vega that that thing it's like man could see i'm i'm gonna put a stop to this right yes. now yeah Yeah. Because if I don't, heaven only knows where, you know, where it's going to go from here. Mm -hmm. And of Mm -hmm. course, (laughs) I don't imagine Vega would have put up with much of that herself. So, Mm
4: -hmm.
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't you uh, move on with one of yours, Anne?
1: Okay, well, both of mine actually came from season one. The first one was in episode two. And you may remember they were they were trying to figure out whose bones they had found up there in the hill. Mm-hmm. And they had created this tip line. And, mm-hmm. and Harry comes to Mank and says, you know, these tip sheets are worthless. And Mank says, well, your story went national and, and their calls are coming in from all over the country. So Harry had written actually a script for the tip line operators to follow because they they knew that because of the examination of the skull that whoever this was had had some kind of surgery. Mm -hmm. So they had some questions related to to try to see if they could figure out who this was. Mm -hmm. And before Harry leaves he says to make one more thing. He said Edgewood and and this is all about the situation Edgewood is Uh, was Brasher's training officer, Mm -hmm. and they took a call where, you know, as Edgewood says, before he could even stop the car, she was out of the car with her gun. Mm -hmm. There were shots fired and what have you, and Edgewood tells Harry that he's going to have to write Julia up, and so Harry... He tries to, you know, he wants to talk to Mank about this a little bit because he knows Mm -hmm. that if something goes to paper, as they say, that this is going to be a problem for her.
4: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: But Edgewood's already told Harry that this is not the first time. So, but Mank, you know, Mank says, you know, she screwed up, Harry. Mm -hmm. And and then (laughs) Mank kind of ribs him a little bit about the relationship that Mm -hmm. developed between Brasher and Bosch. Mm -hmm. and reminds and says, hey, have you ever heard about not fishing off the company dock? Mm -hmm. (laughs) They kind of laugh about that a little bit. um, But Mank says that, you know, that he will talk he will talk to Edgewood and you know see if what he can do before he papers it so this to me goes back to you know to Mank just you know kind of knowing when to push and when not to push and trying to keep people out of trouble and the second one was also season one and this is this is when Mank takes Harry aside they're uh, right outside the property room, and he, Mank tells the property guy, I need the room, and he, you know, he leaves, and Mank closes the door, and Harry's like, am I in trouble? <laughs> and Mank says, no, 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 and that's when he tells Harry that when George Irving and Pierce stopped Waits' van, Irving called deliberately called in the wrong Plate number. Harry says, Yeah, it's an old school move. And Mank says, Yeah, I can remember doing it a time or two years ago. But he said, Harry, you know, you can't have something hinky like this in a case this big. And so Harry says, Well, you know, just Pierce wants to file a complaint. And Harry says, Well, just tell Pierce to keep his mouth shut. And Mank says, Well, apparently Pierce is something of an Eagle Scout. He wants to file a complaint and <laughs> I think my favorite part of this is when Meg says to Harry have you ever been camping oh yeah. He, says, yeah he says did you ever accidentally wipe your ass with poison oak and Harry's look on Harry's face and, and Meg just says I guess not he says, but in this, he says, if I write Junior up, Irving's the camper, and I'm the poison oak. <laughs> Not only that, if I don't file then all of a sudden, I've got failure to take action right coming at mm-hmm. me from Officer Pierce. So yeah. Harry says he'll take, you know, he'll talk to Pierce. But that to me was part of Mank's wisdom is knowing when, he, when he, he needs help and who to ask for it. And uh-huh. who's who's good at that sort of thing. So, yeah. but, you know, it's so funny. We spend so much time talking about the major roles in this show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but Mank has got some of the best lines.
0: Uh, sure, mm-hmm. every I Every
1: episode he's got mm-hmm. at least one. right but I love that whole poison ivy thing that's funny (laughs) that was classic
0: yeah Mm -hmm. well and he's interacted with so many different people you know he knows he knows everyone some people stay Mm -hmm. you know more in their their group but yeah he has to to work with everybody so it it, that's that makes it really interesting that we get to see him you know with different people so all the time all right, Mike, you have another one for us?
2: Yeah, I got the the a little bit more serious side of him, but he's still oh, okay. a little bit mm-hmm. of humor, too. The uh the Ryan Redger- Rogers send-off. Yeah. He, in his bar. Uh-huh. he starts it off light where, you know, if there was something that Ryan Rogers had in common with, I forgot the actor's name, I forgot to write it down.
0: Oh, Robert Redford, I think.
2: Robert Redford, being born in... um
0: San Fernando, right? Was it- yeah, let's be
2: fair. Should have written that down. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But he starts it off light where, you know, they were both born there when, you know, the valley used to be orange groves and woolly mammoths roamed the earth and stuff like that. He was old. So he starts it off light and then gets a little bit more serious that, you know, he was always good for another round and another story, but he always, always, always had your back. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the Hollywood division cops, detectives, as well as Keith Irving was there as well. You know, and something I was thinking about about the scene last night when I was working was why didn't Beryl give this speech? Because, you know, Beryl was really close to Ryan Rogers, mm-hmm. especially at the I mean, Beryl's the only one that was showing up at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Rogers was there, and I was thinking to myself, because of my word supportive, maybe either Mank volunteered to do the speech for Beryl or Beryl might have asked him to do it because Beryl probably wouldn't be able to get through the speech without breaking breaking up or, Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So well, like I like I said, I kind of tied it in with my word. Maybe it's just the super fan of me overthinking a scene or a moment, but,
0: but we can't do that here. We we don't overthink. We we want to think about as much as we can. <laughs> There's no such thing.
2: <laughs> so but it was you saw a little bit more of his serious side with that speech, yeah. you know, off. But like I said, he always tries to throw in a little bit of humor with it as well. So.
0: Yeah yeah just very he was so capable in that moment you know it just covered like you said with the humor and the he got all the the feelings out there that he wanted people to feel and yeah. remembering if, him.
2: if i'm not mistaken i think it's his uh longest speech of the series mm. if i'm not mistaken oh okay like, I you think know, so like so. everybody else it's like you know a quick scene here or there mm-hmm. My previous yeah billet's office and this is the first one where i remember that he actually had it. A speech with any scene. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was very interesting. It's it, I don't know, I don't know how my mind thinks sometimes, but I guess because they were in Bordeners. It made me start thinking about another scene where he was, where Mank was with Beryl in Bordner, Bordner's, the bar. And Beryl was, had announced his retirement and they were there at the bar having a drink and, you know, Mank starts probing. So like, what are you going to do? You know, and they get to talking and he talks about well, you're going to have to pay for this and the money. And then, you know, he starts the Beryl starts to think he's going to have to, you know, get a job. Just thinking of all these things and, by doing that, we find out later in the episode, you know, that he goes into drop. But mm-hmm. it's again, it's like that wisdom and perception that Mank has because he, he knew Beryl and he knew that he probably wasn't quite ready for what retirement mm-hmm. was really going to look like. And so he was just finding a way to sort of nudge him maybe in another direction. And so we find out later when he's talking, uh, when Mank is talking to Billets about him going into drop. So he's just, you know, just a really interesting character yeah, and
3: I, I, I want to say Mink also has been even though we don't how can I say in some ways you wouldn't think of him as a main character but he is mm-hmm. a main
1: character and yeah. he has
3: been every season I mean he has been there from the beginning sure right where the castings have changed but he has not changed right um, right and 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 he has been in and, and it's like he pays this in the cut type role mm-hmm. you know like you you may not see him up front, but he is kind of up front. Like if you don't pay attention, you know, you, you could look past him. Kind yeah.
0: Of. Right. You may not, you may not have as much screen time, but when he is there and in a scene, it's important, you know, right. and it could be for a variety of reasons, but his scenes make a big impact. Yeah, for sure. So great stuff. I, I, I had fun re, uh, revisiting all those stories. And there's more, you know, there's there's a lot. But those were some of the ones we wanted to highlight. Now we might just take a couple of minutes to uh, pick each other's brains with some <laughs> trivia. I'll go ahead with mine. Uh, I was going to ask you, do you remember the type of coffee that was uh, Mank's secret stash?
2: We were just um, talking about this on Bosch Pit, so I'm going to have to recuse myself. Oh, that oh that <laughs> recuse question. yourself. Okay.
0: <laughs>
4: green mountain
2: yeah almost it's, that's it's three words
4: oh it's the type of green mountain is what you're saying the type of coffee
0: no, just the description of it he calls it green mountain oh. something oh okay <laughs> Okay. <laughs> anybody
1: not me i don't remember no. I don't all right
0: mank I mean, I'm not <laughs> called Mike, Mike
3: So no, well, I'm Green not a coffee Mountain drinker, Canyon. so I'm not gonna pay attention to coffee. Tra- okay, that's to not Mountain
0: gonna. Yeah, remember. Okay, Mike, what what is it? Green Mountain Kenyon. Green Mountain Kenyon. Oh, yes, okay. that's, uh, his under own little stash water behind water the basket under the sink. Yeah, so.
3: <laughs> that's definitely a stash. <laughs>
0: It's one it kind of one of those things that I—I I mean, I you know made the tr- the question. But had I not, when when I heard it, it's like, oh yeah, you know, you, you may not recall it right away, but then you're like, oh yeah, I totally remember him saying
1: that. Well, I <laughs> so. always thought it was funny that he 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 knew he could to put the coffee someplace where no no nobody would <laughs> ever think to look for it. Nobody yeah. would be under the sink for any reason. So, yeah, like, yeah,
2: fixing the sink. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And if they're under the if they're under there fixing the sink, they deserve some good coffee. So yeah. yeah right. So that's okay. All right. Who else has one they want to throw at us?
3: So my, my trivia question was in season four. Okay. When they were out there drumming because they were protesting Napoleon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he came yes. and was collecting some money. What was so I made this a multiple choice. Was he collecting money for coffee? to buy them some real drums because it sounded like they were banging on pails. Did he want to buy them pizza or did he just want to sh- spread the money and kind of give them a contribution to what they were doing? Pizza. What, what was the reason that he came pizza. and collected the money? It was pizza.
0: We got pizza from everybody. Yeah, yeah
3: so that was eating. an easy one then. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they, 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 they,
1: were they were eating got a hard eating. one.
0: You're right. Mike, Mike just reminded that if they were eating pizza, they couldn't be drumming at the same time. And the noise was kind of getting, getting to Mank. So,
3: okay. I'm glad. Thank you, all you smart people.
0: <laughs> That's a good one. It's still a good one. All right. Who else has one?
3: I have
4: one. Mine goes back to the first scenario I talked about, season one of the pilot. So when Mank calls Harry... And he's up at the Overlook taking care of the Linda Foster suicide. Mank is eating something. What
1: is he eating?
0: Oh, wow. That's good.
1: Oh, my goodness. I want to say yogurt, but that can't be right. <laughs> Anybody else?
3: Something he was holding in his hand, I want to that's say. Correct. Like a I was kind of thinking something. that, too. Oh, red licorice. licorice.
1: Oh,
0: my goodness. Licorice. Okay. Yes. Wow. I like red a licorice. Squizzler. I should have remembered he's that. A swizzler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. funny. Good one. Good
2: one. All right. I'll start with the uh, harder question. When uh, Mank and Edgewood were talking about uh, how Powers was a kamikaze behind the wheel, uh, Mank was mentioning that uh, he was walking around the station for months with that knee brace on. Uh, which, like, which actor from which movie? Oh,
0: oh, right. In season six when they were talking. Yep. All I remember is that like Mank said one movie and then um, Edgewood corrected him. Which yep. I thought was pretty funny, but
2: and I have the answers for both of those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, of course,
2: you do.
4: <laughs> I don't remember that.
0: I remember the conversation. I don't remember the name. There's like a westerns or something, right?
2: Yep. They ha- well, he also had a funny line in it, which is why it always reminded me of that scene where Lieutenant Billets comes around and goes, "How's it going?" He goes, "Well, you ever walk barefoot on bubble wrap?" Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah.
4: That I remember.
2: <laughs> yep. So I, I uh, so I, when I was listening to that, it's, uh, so yeah, the answer was Walter Brennan from Wagon Train. Okay. Bidswood you know, oh, okay. corrects him that the movie was Red River and Wagon Train was Ward Bond.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. All right.
2: Okay. You guys know, want the easier one then now, right? <laughs> Definitely want the easier one now. I, I anyway,
4: hope it's easy.
2: <laughs> pretty quick here. So season two. When uh, Edgar and Mank are watching the interrogation feed from the camera, uh, he, Mank says she's a cool customer. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. uh, and Edgar says she's like dry ice, cold and hot. Mank says, don't touch. You will get burned. Who was it they were talking about? Veronica. Veronica Allen. Veronica. Yes. <laughs> <Alan>. yes.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good luck for you guys. <laughs> Thank you. We went out
0: getting one. So you want, yeah, you want to end up with, with with getting one right so yeah she was a force to be reckoned with no doubt
3: she was
0: you cannot underestimate her in you know
3: multiple seasons like she was multiple seasons too
0: yeah yeah she was
2: yeah if I'm not mistaken
0: Yeah, she was yeah she had that little cameo in um honey Chandler's office yep That's right. our walkthrough I was like I wonder if we're gonna see her again maybe who
3: knows well so. it's not over we don't know it's- we don't know we don't <laughs> know she was, she was doing something or they found her not. I'm trying to think what happened. I can't see. It, it's it, it's not. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: right, 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 right. All right. Well, thank you guys for my panelists here, Sister Teacher, Kelly, Mike, and Anne, for joining me again on the podcast to celebrate Mank. That was that was a lot of fun and a lot of good memories. Thanks for having
2: me. Was, yeah, you're welcome. You. It was great Absolutely, fun. I loved
0: it. It was a lot of fun. So wow. I hope everyone listening enjoyed revisiting those scenes with Mank. And if you have another favorite one we didn't mention, then send us an email, bosh at com. We'd love to hear what you were thinking about. And now we're going to head into our interview with Scott Clace, who plays Mike. Enjoy! Bye!
3: Bye!
4: Bye. Bye.
5: All right, I'm going to ask you the hardest question to start this off. So okay. earlier today, Tracy tweeted out on Twitter, letting people know we were going to talk to you, give fans a chance to write in questions or whatever. And some guy named John Mankiewicz decided to tweet. And he's basically <laughs> trying to say you "Know that you've stolen his name. Is there any truth to this? What's going on here? <laughs>
6: He, there is, it depends on if it's the John Mankiewicz. Oh, it there is. Actually, it is. <laughs> there is there, yeah, there is some truth there. He, yeah. um, he and Michael Conley are really good friends. And when Michael was writing the books early on, he actually named a character uh, after his friend John Mankiewicz. Mm-hmm. And John actually became a producer on Bosch for a couple of seasons. yeah. So I yeah, I saw somewhere like maybe between four and five. I don't think he was on last season, sick. And, you know, and he had done, He's. I mean, he's very accomplished. House of yes, Cards. Yes, uh, You know, I, I'm sure you know. Everybody yeah. knows John Mankiewicz. I went to the doctor. My, <laughs> well, I won't tell you what type of doctor, but a, a very well-respected doctor here in Southern California. <laughs> and he saw my Bosch bag. And he goes, uh-huh. like, oh, have you, go, have you ever heard of John Mankiewicz? And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I have actually. I play wow. him on the show, and he goes, "Oh my gosh, he's a, he's like one of my oldest friends." And da 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 da. So, oh wow! Yeah, the is and his brother, or his—I co- think Josh might be his cousin. Okay. Bateline. Okay. You know, yeah. You, you guys know who Josh Magnowitz is? Yes. He, uh-huh. He's he's contacted me, so now we're friends on Facebook, <laughs> and he. Twitter and all kinds. It's just, it's very funny. It's fun being a Mankiewicz in LA. Let me just say that. Yeah. Was there
0: anything in, is there anything in your portrayal that has specifically been asked of you or that you've decided to do sort of in honor of no, him or no, n-
6: nothing not like that? All. No, no, okay. at all. I, okay. I, did get, I did actually get a chance to meet him during the filming of the actual pilot Okay. So long before we even shot the first season. Cause you know, you shoot the pilot, then you wait to find out if you're going to get picked up and all that stuff. then they have to hire right. a bunch of people again. And he came to the set one day and <laughs> Michael introduced us. And so he took a picture of us together. I've actually never seen that picture, but it, it exists oh. somewhere out there. Okay. Love
0: we need to, we need to campaign for that, Jay. We need <laughs> right? to make some noise.
5: We'll, we'll get it for you. We're get together. Scott his all picture.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, so one funny. of our listeners, a, a big Bosch super fan, Dan Carroll, he has stated, I think, multiple times now, that he thinks *Mank* is the moral compass of the show, or at least the station. Oh, really? yeah. The nice so of that that's very. hmm nice. So I'm curious, what do you think about that, and do you
3: agree?
6: I think *Mank* has to navigate a lot of things politic, not, uh, politically, Not politically might be the wrong word, but just in terms of station Mm politics. Because he's got all the patrolmen, they've got all the detectives that are either on his level or just below him. And then he's got like, you know, Amy Aquino's character, Billet, and Lance Reddick's character, you know, Irving, uh, that he's got to kind of deal with as well. So Mm -hmm. I feel like the, the watch commander's office, maybe not so much in season six, but in the past has been kind of like a gathering place for just all various different types of characters in the Bosch world. And I always kind of liked that, that everybody felt like they could come to Mank's office. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Mank, I think Mank always tries to do the right thing. I think he's a little bit by the book. I really do. There were some things in the early seasons when there was a thing with Harry and uh, I forget exactly what the situation was, but he was kind of telling Harry, you know, you really, oh, I know what it was. It was that love interest that he had the first season. Yes. And I was kind of saying, hey, you you know, you really can't do that. You know, you gotta, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, he loves to, he loves to, you know, just, I, I, can I say bust balls with Harry? I don't know if that's the, yeah. the language <laughs> that we can, can use. Yeah. And I think he, he and Harry have kind of a, a cool relationship. And I love the relationship that my character has with, with Amy's character, Billitz. It's It's been yes. kind of fun the last couple of years to really have us kind of be on the same team about various things in the office. And I've heard there's something in season seven that we're going to be mm-hmm. kind of working with together as well. So nice, kind of fun
5: yeah yeah uh, what do you so we'll, kind of ahead. talking about this mank has always kind of been that support system you know he's always willing to listen he gives honest feedback to you know whoever he might be talking to maybe it gives advice here and there is there something about him and his position that allows him to read people so well to do that
6: Maybe just because he is constantly in communication with people all day long, that's kind of his job. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one, I should say one of his jobs. Like there have been several episodes I know where I like will be John. Like M- Michael Conley always jokes that Mank lives at Hollywood station. He's just always there. It seems like doesn't matter the time of day or night. And I think there is some truth to that, but he's always popping his head into this office or popping his head into the bullpen saying, Hey, so-and-so's here to see you. Or, Hey, I got to talk to you about something or, you know, Hey, did you hear this? And I Mm. I just think he's kind of, I just think he's a kind of a natural go between in a lot of cases, but I feel like he's, um, he's got his finger on the pulse of pretty much everything going on at Hollywood station. I, I don't know if you guys have watched season six yet the one that have you guys watched yes. season six all yeah, the bro. way uh-huh sure <laughs> that's <There's> great there's <laughs> that one episode where mang's trying to to figure out from uh amy's character you know what exactly is this thing that has all hands on deck this you know this virus or this you know whatever or the cesium you know that that whole thing and yeah she's yeah. like need to know mang need to know and i'm like well you know i need to know and he still <laughs> won't tell me but yeah i just feel like he's always kind of i think i think he kind of considers hollywood station his baby a little bit yeah sure well, that makes he wants sense. To kind of make sure everybody does their you know, everybody's taken care of and right. That he does his job well and yeah. Okay. I, I think that's a good way to put it.
0: Well, you kinda of led me into my next question because I was gonna ask about um how Mank felt about Billet's having to withhold, you know, certain information from him need to know basis. Is that kind of unusual for the relationship between those two characters? Was that hard I, for Mank or
6: yeah, you know. it was hard for, yeah, I, I, well, I should say, I felt kind of, uh, it was hard for the, my character. I wouldn't say hard for me, but yeah, yeah, because yeah, I I kind of felt like, I you know, I don't talk to the writers on a daily basis or anything like that. I don't think any of the actors do. But uh-huh. I, there was part of me that wanted her to feel like she could trust me. And I think she probably does feel like she can trust me. Mm-hmm. But, I you know, I guess it's that whole thing of, you know, you got to follow the chain of command and you just can't, you just can't break. She can't be the one, especially being a woman in power in Hollywood Station, if it somehow came out that she had told me when she wasn't supposed to, that could, you know, really affect her. And that's the last thing I would want as Mankiewicz. And I know the last thing she would want. So sure. Yeah, sure I mean, it stung a little, I mean, I, I felt like the character was stung a little, but you know, yeah. he just brushed himself okay. off and, and just went about his days.
5: Yeah. He's okay. a tough guy, Tracy. Yes, he's a tough
0: yes guy. he is.
5: <laughs> Very yeah, capable. <laughs> he's a ninja. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so, M- Manx been here from the get go. You know, you've been a part of of all this Bosch world. Now, is there like a? Do you have a particular? I don't know, memory or part of this season or a scene for you each year that that is kind of special or means something to you? Was there one this year that you're like, I'm always going to remember doing that in season six?
6: Yeah, I think this year. I, got, I have gotten a lot of feedback on it, which, you know, I, I live in Los
5: Angeles, which is obviously a, where the show
6: takes place. And I'll, by and large, the people that recognize me the most are, you know, law enforcement officers. Okay. And mm-hmm. that has been something that I have really enjoyed. First of all, them feeling like they can come up to me and say something. Sure. And also getting to know like uh, police officers in Los Angeles on a level that I never would have if I hadn't done this show, not just the, between the guys that are technical advisors, first it was Rick Jackson. Now it's Tim Marcia and Mitzi Roberts. And they all have just been They They have endless patience because I will ask the stupidest questions sometimes about <laughs> LAPD protocol, but they never, they never let on that. I've just asked the stupidest question in all mankind. They are so <laughs> kind and so loving and it's just uh, that that is one thing. But what I started to say was I, I did a, a in one of the episodes, a eulogy at a bar. Yes. A, a police officer who had died. Mm-hmm. And I have gotten so much feedback from people on that, that I'm just not used to. And, and it's been really nice. Oh, so nice. that was a really, a really good memory for me. Sure. It's hard to top season. It's hard to top season one though of uh, pounds going through the glass. I mean that is yeah, uh,
5: yeah, it's a good one.
6: But but I one thing and it sounds sappy, but g- going to work, you know, for these last six years with Titus and Amy and Lance and Jamie and you know Maddie and Gregory Scott and Troy Evans. I mean we honestly all really enjoy each other i, I can't, there's never been any rift of any kind and mm-hmm. it's i i don't know if that's normal because this is a little, I, i've been on this show longer than i've been on any other show but just the level of respect that i feel like i have for the actors and they have for their fellow actors on this show it's just that that's the memory that i'll remember forever is just working with sure with just stone cold professionals man yeah just a bunch yeah. of professional and, and you know the producers as well I don't feel like they get enough credit a lot of times I mean Michael is is Michael Conley I mean he's you know a genius in my in my you know humble opinion but you know Henrik and Peter Jan and Eric and just all of them they're just mm-hmm. you know they're just fantastic and that's that's what I'll remember the most I can I can literally pick up the phone text any one of them anytime day or night and they get back to me right away you know and it's just wow. that's really nice that's a nice That thing. is that's very special
0: yeah well I have to add my kudos in with everyone for the eulogy scene at the bar it was very impactful and you know you kind of enjoyed the jokes but then it got to that very serious moment and you know where it almost seemed like Mank was a little teary-eyed uh, is how I kind of yeah. felt it yeah it, it was just yeah. it,
6: it was really good thank you so much and it, it kind of reminds me I don't know did you guys ever watch the wire Yep. yes Mm-hmm. When they used to do those, I mean, it wasn't the same way they did the thing yeah. in the wire with the mm-hmm. eulogies, but those were, I thought those were so well done on that show. Yeah. You know how all the, the cops would get there and or the wake, I think they called it. But yeah, I just wanted it to be real. And, and, you know, doing it for the actor, M.C. Gainey I've been an M.C. Sure. Ganey fan for so long, you know, mm-hmm. I just think he's brilliant. I didn't get to work with him very much on this show. Troy did for the most part. OK, but yeah. you know, he's just wonderful. And it was just great to, to have all those guys there. You know, uh, I think it was actually the first time I'd ever even been in a scene with uh, Lance, Chief Irving. Which oh nice, wow! You know, okay, because I don't normally travel, you know, in that rarefied yeah, with, yeah, with that's
5: the true. chief. So that's true.
6: That's good. That's
5: interesting. You, you pointed thank that you out. That. You thank are so welcome. You well that. deserved. I was
6: well. going I to say I noticed Jay didn't say anything
5: about that. Don't worry about it. I didn't. I didn't. want it to go to your head. <laughs> no, of course not. No. <laughs> Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> oh man. Kind of looking for a little bit of inside baseball, if there is any, uh, for this. We want the truth. Was Mank, quote, babysitting Agent Reese? Did he play it off, you know, like, oh no, no, you're fine. Was he keeping an eye on her?
6: <laughs> you know what? I I don't think he was too much. I, I know the I know the area you're talking about. I actually didn't get yeah. to work with her as much as I would have liked. She's such a, a a lovely person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was a little bit though. That was actually, it's so funny you mentioned that because that was actually something I asked the writers uh, okay. on set that day, because I wanted to know exactly what they thought. Not that, you know, they were going to tell me how to do it, but just like the, what their thinking was. And
0: yeah, mm-hmm. I
5: think he was actually a little bit for sure.
0: Okay. Okay. Interesting. All right.
5: All right I'm throwing a curveball in here because Tracy doesn't know I'm going to ask you this question. I'm changing, <laughs> I'm changing my question oh, at the last second. Changing it up. All right, all right. Well, you know, we're we're talking about the the scene or memory from each season that, you know, strikes a, a chord or or a good memory for the future whatever. So I was thinking about this, all right? I know what scene we need for you next year, okay? And I'm going <laughs> to give it to you and I want your thoughts on it, all right? All right. And then, okay. And then you're going to tell me how you're going to make sure it happens. So we talked about pounds going through the the glass window. I know who yeah. needs to go through the glass window next and it needs to be Captain Cooper. Can you make Mank put Cooper through the window, please?
0: Can you make that happen?
6: (laughs) Captain Cooper, I know. You know what's funny about that is I – I had not, well, once again, like, I, we passed each other in the hallway, and I think there might have been a scene this season where I was in the same room and we had one line of dialogue, but I had never really met him, and I met him at the wrap party, and, oh, my gosh, that guy is so nice. Oh, my word. Um, Yeah, he, he does treat me pretty badly, though, doesn't he? Yes, uh, yeah. yeah. This season. Yeah. yeah, I think if anybody's going to make it happen, it, it would be a combination of Mank and maybe uh, – you know Harry, yeah. But um, yeah. hey, I can, I can, uh,
5: I can, I can bring it up to Michael. Okay, you know, I yeah. got him. I got him yeah. on speed dial. Like that's him.
0: right. That's right. You have the access. <laughs> yeah. <I like> <laughs>
5: <him>. <laughs> we need to make this happen. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody, nobody messes with billets, Okay. Nobody. Messes. Right. Yeah. I, no,
6: I agree. No, no, no. Has Amy been on here before?
0: Yeah, a few times. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. She's a good friend of the podcast.
6: That's what I thought because I think I thought I saw pictures of you guys. With her when she when you guys came to set last year right Didn't you come my my family
0: my family was able to come um, in September yeah and we actually we were there for um, parts of episode six which I think is that's the episode where you did have that interaction with Reese in the break room and so I'm so sorry that we didn't get to see your scene going on but yeah Amy was very lovely about that and very generous showing us around
6: she is oh man she is something else that gal I really I have a very high opinion of Amy and both uh, professionally and personally and I mean she's just got such a good person you know yeah. I sometimes feel inadequate when I'm around her right it makes me want to volunteer more or do you know yeah. she's got her finger in so many great causes like mm-hmm. she's very very inspirational i have to say okay sorry i didn't mean to sidetrack. no no concerned. that's very
0: true good. my my family there were multiple conversations we just kept saying like Wow, she's so nice. She's just so kind and generous. <laughs> you know, is. it really kept coming up. Just, she is amazing, so yeah, I definitely agree yeah, there. All right, Jay, do you have another one?
5: Um, I, I do. I have one, but it's not related to Bosch. So if you have another Bosch-related one, I'll let you throw it out there before I ask mine. Whose advice would you pick on cops dating cops? So Harry
0: says never date cops. Mank says only date cops. If you had to pick one person's advice, you, Scott, what would you tell someone? Boy, it's interesting
6: because I know how I feel about actors dating actors. And my okay. advice on that is like, I, d- actors should never date actors. That's how I feel personally. Okay. There's obviously many examples of that out there mm-hmm. where that's not true. You know, so many successful marriages from stars on down. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think with a, a police officer or cop, I would say only date cops because okay. they'll know exactly what you're going through, because, I mean, talk about a life of stress, and just, I mean, taking your life, you know, in your hands, every time you go to work, you just never yeah. know what could happen, and I don't think, you, unless you're with another cop, you can fully explain what that feels like to someone, mm-hmm. but what do I know, you know, who who am, I? Who am I? I, mean, I, I, I've been married, what, I got married in 1994, so I've been married 25 and a half years. Can you believe that? 25 and a half years? You know what's interesting,
0: Um, Scott? I will be married 26 years this month. I was married in May 1994. That's interesting. I was married in
6: October. Yeah. yeah, Okay. We
0: have, yeah. So you know, yeah. So, uh, yeah.
6: How do you feel? Should should podcasters only date (laughs)
0: podcasters
3: or should they never date podcasters?
0: (laughs) Probably never because someone has to hang out with my daughter so I can podcast. So we can't be running. All podcast right, yeah. at the same time but uh, uh but yeah I no it's, it's a good question I, it's an interesting answer i uh I, I i like what you had to say about that i was kind of leaning in that direction myself when i kind of you know evaluated <laughs> just what i right. thought in my little opinion <laughs> yeah I,
6: I would really be curious to know what uh law uh law enforcement officers say like how yeah. they feel about it. that'd be mm-hmm. a really good question a poll question if there's some way to do one. I'd be oh curious yeah to know the answer to that i really yeah. would
5: We'd hook that up Jay ta-da. All right. Ta-da. Let's <laughs> let, let's talk about your career for a second and maybe there's not right. even an answer to this. So if if any of our listeners go to like IMDb or whatever and you scroll through the list of 9 million things you've been a part of. I go through <laughs> All right. And I'm like, wow, that was a good show. Wow, that was a good show. Wow, that was a good show. And I'm like, <laughs> Ackerel, this guy's been on like every show I've ever watched. So my question for you is, has there been a role or maybe an audition you didn't do well, something you didn't get to do? Is there a show that you really wanted to be a part of that you just weren't able to add that one to your resume?
6: Oh, sure. There's many. In fact, um, and, and some of them. Like I will never even have had the opportunity to read for even, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing, but like, mm-hmm. I'll be, I'll be jealous of a show. And so I, <laughs> I won't watch it on purpose. My wife, <laughs> I watch, I, I'm not watching that. They wouldn't let me read for it. I'm not watching. Nice. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any, I can't off the top of my head, think of one that I didn't get that I thought I was going to get or I, n- nothing like that. I always kind of joke. I didn't come out to L.A. till I was really, I was like in my mid-30s when I came out here. And I okay. didn't know anybody. And I, I was living in Ohio, so I had no resume. I had no, I had no nothing really. I, I'd done a couple of local hire jobs uh, in Pittsburgh. You know, okay. things where I, I would literally drive three and a half hours one way to walk into the casting director's office and wow. on tape say, would you like more pepper on your fries? You know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and then drive three and a half hours back. But so when I came out here, I, you know, I just kind of got a late start. I've been very lucky as uh, for the amount that I was able to work because, you know, a lot of times people say by the time you hit, you know, that age, if you yeah. don't, if you haven't made it, you're at least started to make it. You're just, you know, there's no way. So mm-hmm. in that regard, I, I've been lucky, but, you know, I always kind of felt like it really hurt me in terms of getting, like, seen as a series regular, you know, at that, okay. at, during that time, you know, because okay. I, I just feel like you know, a lot of the, the the really good casting directors had no idea who I was, and they don't get mm-hmm. to know you overnight. It takes right. a lot. So, by the time, some of them probably got to know me. Now, I'm in my, you know, 40s, mm-hmm. and so the roles are, you know, when you're 18 or 18 to 25 in L.A., there's a lot of roles available for you, you know? Yeah. So... I guess if I had to pick one, I was—I I still to this day have never watched The Shield, if you can believe that, oh. because oh. I, I had money. a friend who was a friend who was going up for it, and at the last, I and mean, he was like he had tested for it, and then at the you know the twenty-third hour they m- made an offer to another actor who I'm um. sure I, I won't say who the other actor was, yeah. and he didn't get it, so I just didn't watch it because of that, because I yeah. somehow I was being you know faithful to my friends exactly yeah <laughs> hey it's a tough business i get it it is
0: it. for sure it
6: is a tough i should watch it now though i mean everybody loves that show i mean they just can't have you guys watched the shield yeah I, yeah i have not but it, i probably is, would is like it is it worth is it really good jay is it really good
5: uh, yeah at least the first couple seasons it starts to kind of kind of calm down a little bit or it's the same old same old but you know it was a good show? Right. Okay. okay. Yeah, I've watched a lot of TV these last six weeks. How about you guys? Have <laughs> you watched a lot of stuff? Oh my yeah. word. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, Jay, should we should we ask him about that yeah. star of the show? Do you want to ask ask him about that if he had an encounter? Yes.
5: Yeah. Now we, we never like to, you know, put Titus down, but sometimes <laughs> we have to bring up the real star of the show, Coltrane or Brody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you get any chance to, to see the pup, meet the pup, hang out with the pup?
6: No, nah, I saw him on set. He was at the station one day, but believe okay. actually it was his first day. So I never got to oh, – uh, wow. I may have seen him one other time. But, you know, to I think Titus, is, he's a little protective of Coltrane, you know? Okay, maybe, okay, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought they were sitting in the hallway one day, and I went up <laughs> to, to maybe pat him, and he just kind of looked up at me, kinda <laughs> That's funny. I know for a fact that they, they were coming in to make sure he could do you know, what they out. needed yeah. him to do. Yeah, Sure. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Everybody loves Coltrane. Mm-hmm.
6: Mm-hmm. I know. Have you seen? You know, I'm sure you've seen the thing where his own show. The Spring- oh, yeah. so fun. <laughs> so fun. I know. I know. It's awesome. <laughs> well, Jay, did you have
0: anything else? I know we've picked your brain a lot here. So, and that was great, yeah, feel- and uh, it was great. It was you had a lot of a lot of cool things to say, a lot of good insights. So we really appreciate you taking Especially the time.
6: Since- oh, not a problem. You guys are the best, man. I don't really don't love forget, what you
5: guys do. Don't forget Thank to call Connolly. Don't forget we need Captain Cooper yeah. through that window. Okay. Yeah, we'll nah, we'll work right. on that getting I that will. picture. I'm counting on you.
6: <laughs> uh, that would be great. If you guys can somehow yeah. track that down. That would be fantastic.
5: <laughs> on the record. Am I your most favorite podcast host you've ever spoken to? He always does yes. this. Be quiet, Tracy. Yes. I will yes. meet you. Jay, okay.
6: Jay <laughs> is, okay. Jay is the, All right. the end-all, be-all of podcast See, hosts. You know, that's what right I Right up there. I'll, I'll, I, don't I'll worry. I, Rushmore Mountain.
0: Yeah, I have to tell them that, too. So
5: it's, you know, I'm used to it. I'm okay. used to it.
6: So. I got you. I know I
5: liked you, Scott. I knew it. <laughs> well, thank you, Jay. Cool. Thank
6: you. All right. Well, listen, guys, thanks so much for having me. Thank us. you. I really appreciate it.
3: Well, thank you. You uh, take so, care. Bye, right, Scott.
6: You be safe, okay? All right.
5: you, you too. Thank you so much. Thank, thank right, you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.